Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello, good friends. Good to see you again, and welcome back to the Bill Press Pod. You know, well, it's been a wild couple of weeks for the media. At the last minute, Fox News settled its Dominion lawsuit, and then a couple of days later, fired top anchor Tucker Carlson. The same day, CNN fired one of its top hosts, Don Lemon, and this on top of big layoffs at NPR, Vice News, Gannett, BuzzFeed, and other news outlets. Altogether, some 3,000 media jobs have been cut so far this year. And at last weekend's White House Correspondents' Dinner, in fact, there was more talk about how bad things are for reporters these days than there was talk about the First Amendment. So um, have we seen the end of this media massacre? And what's Tucker Carlson's firing mean for him, for Fox, for the MAGA world? No better person to answer those questions than today's guest, colorful and outspoken media critic for The Washington Post, Eric Wemple. Eric Wemple, welcome to the Bill Press Pod. Good to connect with you again. Well, thanks for having me on. So, uh, you know, Eric, in terms of media coverage, right, I got to say, it looks like there have been three big events in the last 25 years, September 11th, January 6th, and the firing of Tucker Carlson. (laughs) I mean, in terms of media coverage, was... Tucker's firing really worth all that much ink and attention? No. <laughs> okay. Why Why to get it? I've been wondering that myself. Um, I mean, I certainly wrote about it, so I feel like <laughs> yeah. in, in, a, in a kind of a spot here, but I did not write more than one piece about it. I must say that I have been covering Tucker Carlson so extensively for so long that when he did get fired, I sort of said, oh, you know, maybe I can move on to some other stuff. In fact, in the past year or two, I've, I've posted a little less frequently about him just because I had had so, you know, just the same thing over and over again. It got so monotonous. But I do think that, you know, we can say for certain that there's been uh, a surfeit of this sort of coverage, but it does deserve a fair bit of attention, if only because this was a particular cancer uh, in American media. It wasn't just a run-of-the-mill deception. It was really this sort of concoction that he brewed up that I think was peculiarly dangerous for the country and irresponsible of Fox News to broadcast. So I think that's what accounts for this sort of uh, this plume of coverage is just that he was such a peculiar and singular figure you had a guy who has fam huge amounts of family wealth huge amounts of personal wealth from his own cable contract trying to stick up for the little guy every day and doing so with lies it just it was it was a multi-layered story so i think that's what accounts for it bill do you think overall that um his firing is 
good for the country, good for the media? Yes. Um, and I do, I say that with my wide, eyes wide open in that he has not lost his audience. In other words, the supply of Tucker Carlson from Fox News has ceased. The demand for Carl, Tucker Carlson from his viewers has not ceased. We, uh-huh. we need to be clear about that bifurcation, that there were the, the demand for Tucker Carlson may indeed have, have, have increased, have, may indeed have bumped up um, gathered steam because of this turn of events. Yeah. Uh, and what do you think it means for Fox News? I mean, I remember when, and you do too, when Bill O'Reilly was too big to be fired, right? When Glenn Beck was too big to be fired. Fox News survived. Fox News will survive uh, not having Tucker Carlson? Yes? Yes. Uh, indubitably. I, I think that Fox News no question survives. Whether it thrives in quite the same manner is, is an open question. It wouldn't surprise me if Tucker himself, whatever he does, he makes sure that it debuts at 8 p.m. every night because I can imagine that he, <laughs> he, would, he would like to show Fox News that you, you, you can fire me, but you can't take my viewers uh, with you. So that, 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 that would be one guess that I would make, that he would try to make sure that he goes up directly against Fox News. But it is a juggernaut. Over the years, I've interviewed people. I remember interviewing one woman like maybe eight or nine years ago who told me about how she watched all the Fox News from seven to like two in the morning and then included repeat shows. So she would watch O'Reilly once and then she'd watch O'Reilly again. (laughs) She'd watch Hannity again. And I was just like standing there saying, how could you do that? And she said something to the effect that she picks up stuff that she... She hadn't on the first go round, or you know, she it gives her the the luxury of just paying not so much attention. Anyway, the point is the loyalty to the brand is remarkable, and um, but I think it may be tested a little bit more by Tucker's departure than by O'Reilly's departure, for example. Yeah, I don't know whether it was you or one of your colleagues who wrote in the post that this shows maybe a weakening of the MAGA brand. Do you think so? Yeah, that was, I think that was Greg Sargent. Right, right, yeah. Do you agree? I'm really careful not to attribute too much to it. I don't necessarily disagree. I just am really hesitant to read too much into it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, obviously that that, that, that they've, the, the, the rationale behind, I think, that argument is that Fox News realized that this is also toxic. It can't get behind it, so it's pushed it farther to the fringe, right? And that is certainly true. Tucker is going to have to go farther to the fringe. Like, one of the luxuries of broadcasting for Fox News is you get to keep one foot in sort of mainstream world because you have a correspondent in the White House briefing room, right? Right, you have, right. You have reporters on Capitol Hill. You have Brett Baer, who, you know, is kind of a fraud, but he still has a 6 p.m. show a lot of people think is sort of like up the middle news programming. So at Fox News, you have that luxury of having an organization that speaks to sort of some mainstream people and to the fringe. So you get a lot of viewers and you get cred in the in the conservative universe and you get a little bit of follow up in mainstream media outlets and you get a lot of coverage, say, from The Washington Post and The New York Times and so on and so forth. And. Trust me, Roger Ailes was really, really, he, he courted mainstream media coverage. He loved it when the New York Times, he invited the New York Times into the studios to like 
do walk-arounds and so on. Yeah. And so forth. He loved that. It's a big part of Fox News. So Tucker, you know, he's going to walk away from Fox News, and he he'll have he'll have lots he'll have lots of income, lots of fans, lots of adulation, but he won't have that right. He won't have that thing that he had Fox News, which is this. This ability to sort of span two worlds or bridge mm-hmm. two worlds. Do you understand what I'm saying there? Yep. No, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, no. I used to see Roger Ailes at, at White House parties all the time. He loved being accepted, right, as part of the media establishment. Exactly. Uh-huh. And that's a big yeah. part of, of Fox News DNA. Right. A really big part of Fox News DNA. Uh, I guess final question on Tucker. Do you think that uh, Tucker's firing was Dominion-related um, you know, not that Dominion required that, but that was a result of the Dominion lawsuit. Yeah, I, I do think it had a lot to do with that. I think that's the immediate or proximate cause. You know, when 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 they announced the settlement, I I, I, I did a really quick tweet saying this just may be some people may view this as um, disappointing. And certainly as a reporter, I wanted to see a trial. You know, it's always interesting. But, <laughs> But, right. but I said, you know, don't drag Dominion too much or something. like I said, you know, don't fault Dominion. They've brought a fair amount of transparency and accountability to Fox News. And I got some pushback on that. Like, where's the accountability? Where's the accountability? Well, the accountability is in a lot of those documents. Uh, and the transparency is in a lot of those documents. But I think that <laughs> there was more accountability to come at that point. And I think that what happens in these lawsuits sometimes is that you know they have to crawl all their systems for these search terms that in litigation, and Fox News managers found out what Tucker and other people at Fox News were saying behind, you know, uh, encrypted devices. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's really important. So it wasn't just that Dominion found out what Tucker was saying; it's that Fox News executives found out what Tucker was saying. And it all comes back to what a terrible individual he is. We have all been trying to figure out what actually happened here, what was the the precipitating circumstance. But one explanation covers every possibility, and that is Tucker, awful human being, was essentially fired for being an awful human being. And so Fox settled this case. They pay $787 million or whatever they end up paying. How badly were they hurt by this lawsuit? They're able to write that write off uh, the settlement at, on some level in terms of their uh, corporate income tax. I believe there's insurance that 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 will help them defray part of it as well. I don't know how much of that they're left with having to actually pay. They had more than four billion on hand at the time of the settlement, cash and equivalent uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that they're hurt in the sense that. They have been exposed. They were forced to fire Tucker. They couldn't. They they couldn't. They just couldn't stomach him any longer. Um, and he posed ongoing liabilities with this fellow named Ray Epps and other other actions as well. Um, so with the Abby Grossberg uh, litigation, mm-hmm. that's a former producer who worked for Tucker and claimed of a sexist, misogynistic environment working under his uh, leadership. So. There were all kinds of things. I think that the suit itself um, really did, really did force a tumult at Fox News, and that they have, they have been gasping for air to a certain degree. 
they will get over it. They will, they will, you know, soldier on if you want to use that term. <laughs> but it, but it, it has been, uh, I think, a cataclysm. This thing hit them hard, and I don't think, Bill, that they ever saw it coming. I think that they viewed Dominion and Smartmatic as just sort of like pawns or collateral damage in this stolen election narrative that they that they just spun for their audience. And this gets you know to one of my one of my theories about the whole thing, which is that there wasn't any particularized or targeted ill will or hatred or spite uh, toward Dominion voting systems. In other words, in the text and the emails, you never saw, oh, finally our chance to get those bastards at Dominion. Yeah. Let's you know, let's go after them. It just struck me that they haven't been used to ever being held accountable for anything, hmm. and so. So when you ask, does this hurt Fox News? I think it does in the sense that there. I think that it's a jarring thing. It's like one of these things where you're, you just walk in, you get popped, or something hits you, or something falls from the roof or the sky, and you're just like, holy shit, where did that come from? And um, I think that's what it is. I think that's the nature of it. They, I think they're realizing that they can't just repeat you know, sort of conspiratorial narratives without being careful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, that's something, that's something, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as things went in that crazy week last week, media wise, the same day that Tucker gets fired, Don Lemon gets fired uh, from CNN. Um, maybe we saw that was coming, but you think <laughs> CNN made the right decision. And secondly, didn't they make the wrong decision moving Don Lemon from prime time where he was riding high to a morning show where he clearly did not fit? He clearly did not fit, Bill. You're absolutely right. And you know you know CNN uh, much better than I do. But my guess here is that, yes, he didn't fit. And, you know, this, this business of having three co-hosts in the morning, I don't know, it seems like it's kind of a standard, right? you got to have a whole group because you have to be – Sort of you do a lot of banter, and it's supposed to be lighthearted conversation. Yeah. Um, when Zucker came in, he hired Chris Cuomo, Kate Baldwin, and Michaela Pereira, and they did all of these screen tests. You know, they 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 swapped people in and out, and they wanted to see who had who had chemistry. And they chemistry. Would, That's the word, right? <laughs> yeah. And they decided it was these three people, but it didn't last, and the show never really got there in the ratings this is new day they launched in like 2013 maybe 2012 yeah. and so licked of course has chris lick the ceo of, of of cnn now he has a lot of experience on you know on morning news programming having done morning joe and you know he did cold but he just knows personality and so on and so forth so he's trying to do this with don caitlin collins poppy harlow and it didn't work you're right and the problem was don lemon was well suited to piloting his own program at, at, at 10 o'clock at night. Like if there's a, like they already had him in the only real spot you want Don Lemon late, relatively late night on yeah. your own. Yeah. Riffing. He has made a lot of dumb statements on the air, including the one about Nikki Haley, where he said she's past her prime. And because a woman's prime is in twenties, thirties or forties. And you can Google that, which was just a, just a, just, just remarkably idiotic. Um, and I, I should say, too, like, not half as dangerous or awful as, like, 
90% of the things Tucker Carlson has said. Right. Um, but it's the CNN audience, it's the CNN management, and more importantly, Bill, it's the CNN employee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did not. They had no no time for this, no patience for this. I think that this is a, a, a concept. One of my friends pointed this out. He had a, a pithy way of putting it. It's like conservative media is scared of their audience, like Fox News. That's absolutely true in Dominion. Uh, mainstream media is scared of their employee. <laughs> uh, I really like that formulation. Um, and I think that's what happened with Don. But, Bill, do you know about the – have you looked at this situation with his interview with Vivek Ramaswamy? Yeah. That was that was a tense moment for sure, right? Again, probably would have been accepted as par for the course at 10 o'clock at night, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, but don't you think – I mean, like, the Times reported that CNN management was exasperated by the situation. And clearly – there were uh, supervisors or producers who were already exasperated because Lemon, during that segment with this GOP candidate, told his producers, "Sorry, guys, would you let, let me let me go yeah. here?" Yeah, essentially, right. But he got into a debate with this GOP candidate about like the role of the Second Amendment in um, making lives historically better for African American citizens in the United States. Do I have that right? Is that the yes? Right yeah, and, right. I don't know whether you agree with me on this, but Lemon was 100% right to dispute that and to take him, you know, go to the mat on that. I agree with what Don Lemon was telling him. I guess the point I'm making is, again, uh, and I, 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 I like Don Lemon. I've, I did his show many times. At 10 o'clock at night, he could have had that conversation and it would have been accepted as par for the course, right? It just right. was, it was jarring in the morning. It came well, across. Why, why is it problematic in the morning? I see, I see, you know, I understand the logic. Yeah. But, you know, if that is something that played a role in his ouster, I think that that is something that's really off and something wrong. Well, it, it does raise questions, I think, I wanted to ask you about, about, uh, now look, Chris Licht, I don't know what he, he's been there. Um, he's been but, about a year. But, you know, CNN is suffering today, and a lot of it is because of decisions that Chris Lick has made. You know, like you, I've seen him at Morning Joe when I first met him, and then CBS Morning News, and then uh, Stephen Colbert, where he was praised for doing and did an incredible job as CEO of CNN. A little rocky road, don't you think? I do, but I honestly don't have any idea how I would have done anything differently. <laughs> you know, he had the, the distinct misfortune of arriving at CNN just after Trump finished his presidency. Or, you know, what is it? Uh, so it was yeah. a year after. I mean, he had a distinct misfortune of taking over CNN after the Trump presidency during Biden administration when the news when the news cycle just just basically dropped off the face of the earth right? and everything became uh wrote again and if you watch cnn which i do sometimes all day long or you know have it on they go through that wheel bill and it's not pretty there's much much more interesting information i find on their website i'm not saying however that the stuff that's on their website would get them ratings they are in a really difficult cultural situation having clobbered trump every day every single day for four years, five years, six, <laughs> however you yeah. want to count them. And in most cases, 
completely legitimately. But in accordance with the Zucker sort of uh, ideology or programming philosophy, they covered Trump just like 24-7. It was every program. It was just the same rhythm, Mm -hmm. the same obsession. And I think that volume of coverage came to sort of represent the content of the coverage. Yeah. And, and they have never worked their way out of that. As you know, Chris Licht has tried to tell Republicans that they're welcome on the airwaves again and that they should come on. And maybe, Bill, maybe that was what was uh, behind managers' um, exasperation, alleged exasperation at Don Lemon's mm-hmm. interview mm-hmm. with Vivek Ramaswamy. But, man. Yeah. I mean, do you have any better ideas about what to do with CNN? I don't think anybody does. No, but I don't think, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, look, I'm not going to try to run CNN. I don't think the answer to their problems is inviting more Republicans on the air, right? And I know that there's a lot of frustration among people who work at CNN right now because they're hurting. They're hurting. Their ratings are going down. Confidence in Chris Licht, I think, is is pretty shaky. And uh, I don't know how they work their way uh, out of this. But, you know, we'll let them work it out. Uh, You and I have other things to discuss. Let's take a quick break here on the Bill Press pod. I'm going to go back, uh, Eric, and talk to you about some of the other media news of the day. Uh, Hold on just a sec. Today's podcast is brought to you by the American Federation of Teachers, great men and women of the AFT under President Randy Weingarten, uh, doing the Lord's work every day, uh, taking care of our kids, providing them the best education possible from K through 12 all the way up through higher education. The AFT today with over 1.7 million members and over 3,000 local affiliates. We salute their good work, thank them for their great work, and thank them especially for their longtime support of the Bill Press Pod. And we're back on today's podcast on the Bill Press Pod. Our guest, uh, the great media critic for the Washington Post, Eric Wemple. Eric, welcome back. I got to ask you. Um, so we are just a couple of days now after the White House correspondence correspondence dinner. Did you go? Did you watch any of it? And what do you think of this big event? I did not go. I have never attended the dinner of itself. I tend to attend some of the parties around it, like maybe one or two of the parties every year. This year, I went to the CNN party on Sunday morning. Uh I was going to go to the NBC News after party, but if you don't go to the dinner, it's sort of like tough to get yourself up at like midnight. (laughs) You know, so... I, I didn't make it. Um, I only made one party. Um, I tend to think that the that the dinner is um, neither as bad as its critics say, nor as good as its proponents <laughs> say. Uh, and I don't I don't get too wound up. I've never I don't think I've ever written like a really scathing story about how this is conflict of interest and it's gross and it's you know rubbing elbows with the people you cover and so on and so forth. Um, I think a lot of journalists get a lot of sources uh, over the course of this weekend, and, um, and 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 I think there is some good that goes on that way. I don't think too much of the you know the correspondence associations like their their journalism awards and so on and so forth. I mean, 
that's fine. Yeah. And I know that they do a lot of fundraising for scholarships and so on and so forth. I think that's great. But, you know, having been in the same room with all these people dressed up, it doesn't feel that great. Right, right. It's like yeah. it doesn't 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 make you feel like oh this is well, this is where I was born to be. <laughs> no. My my you know, my problem with it is the obsession with celebrities. It's not the presence of some of the people that, that we cover. I can't get too excited by seeing Kim Kardashian. I don't no, care. But, I don't give a damn, right? I mean, she has nothing right. to do with the White House, nothing to do with our job, nothing, nothing, nothing zero, zero. to do with it. Yeah, but the celebrity yeah. quotient has 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 gone down at least in the past couple of years, hasn't it? Oh yeah, no, it's no longer George Clooney and Barbara Streisand, right? Yeah. you know, not people that you can get excited excited about. But but the one thing I thought about this year's dinner, I mean, there was as much talk about how bad times are for the media as there was about the First Amendment. Almost everybody got up and talked about the fact that you know we've got. Firings at Fox, firings at CNN, at uh, NPR, at Vice News, you know, across the board, Disney, BuzzFeed. National Geographic. Yeah, National Geographic. There you go. Yeah. Nate Silver, you know, his crew. Yep. uh, Yeah. At 538 ABC, which is, which is, I mean. It was really like a media massacre, right, over the last couple of weeks. So what's going on? It's just all kinds of different things, I think. Part of it is that media is has become consolidated to an incredible degree. So if bad if bad things happen to Disney, bad things happen at various media outlets that you probably never even knew were attached to Disney. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, why is National Geographic suffering layoffs? Disney, what what the hell do they have to do? Well, Disney acquired National Geographic from from Rupert Murdoch, you know, a few years ago. And so part of it is that just that the consolidation. Corporate consolidation tends to spread pain. Uh, another part of it really is that, and this is the real, the, the real, the thing that just shook me by my shoulders with BuzzFeed is that the stories we've told ourselves over the past decade or so about digital media, I don't want to call them lies because I don't think anybody knew what they were saying. Well, but but the promise of these organizations that seem to be flying high is just way overblown. Yeah. Because yeah. if you had asked, if you had said, you know, after Ben Smith took over the news part of BuzzFeed a decade ago or more, uh, he turned it into a really good thing. It grew. They got Pulitzers. They had all these foreign correspondents. Yeah. This thing was built on, you know, shaky ground or quicksand. Someone said, "Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. This is the, this is this is the future." And it's really, really a bummer. It's a huge bummer because guys like you and me and other people in the profession were like, good, someone's figured it out. You know, other people can follow this model. You've got to be you've got to be willing to work. You've got to be a good journalist. But this is content that we need. BuzzFeed was producing really good journalism. And this is something we can rely on and prop up our republic. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And then it turns out not to be true. And then HuffPost which I think is, has grown over the years, um, uh, matured. But, you know, they keep HuffPost because of that, um, that iconic front page of theirs, their digital front page. And so HuffPost has gone through 9 million layoffs too, but it survives this because they're under the same roof now. It's just stuff that you never would have supposed. So what else? What other layoffs have there been? There have been NPR layoffs. So you got to wonder at some point. The New York Times obviously has a business model because they have they they report publicly, 
They have uh, some insane number of digital uh, subscriptions. They've documented that. And you have to ask yourself how many other news organizations that have to report publicly and claim to have a profitable model are actually profitable, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, if no, 538, 538 is, and you and I both know this, 538 is like one of the most popular sites on earth for like every month surrounding an election. The failure of, of, of Disney and ABC to keep that thing going kind of blows me away, I got to say. Maybe I'm sounding naive here. Yeah, you- and I, I don't know I don't know that anybody knows, you know, what the answer is, right? Everybody's sort of floundering around here trying to find the the, the business model that works cable news cable news yeah yeah right because uh, cnn cnn is floundering ratings but nobody nobody uh believes it's not profitable hundreds of millions of dollars in profit every year same with fox yeah. mm-hmm. msnbc to different degrees but they're highly profitable so i guess that's that's the way to go yeah uh i've got to ask you um we also lost jerry springer <laughs> uh, uh, this past week what a phenomenon in broadcasting. What do you think the impact of his show was? I mean, it was a television unlike we had ever seen before, and yet people loved it. I mean, not pretty, right? People loved it. Why? What happened? No, I, I've never really been able to. <laughs> I, I guess it's just because Springer put on the sort of stuff that you would gossip with your best friend about, about the people around the corner. It was, I think televised gutter gossip. You know what I mean? Can you believe what happened to Jane? Can you believe that? Yeah. You know, her, her daughter-in-law did, you know, fill in the blank. Right. Right. And so I think that spoke to everybody who lived in a neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, I met Jerry Springer a couple of times. I, I met him first at a white house correspondence dinner. And I was, I was not a certainly a big. I was. I must admit, not a big fan of his show. But he turned. He turned out to be the nicest guy, right? Very unassuming, very low key, very friendly, very liberal, which I liked. Yeah, you know, and I'm really a nice guy. And who would have thunk it, right? Watching that show. Yeah, a lot of that came out. I saw a lot of that on Twitter. um, You know, after after the news broke, and I must say, Bill, I wasn't really that brushed up on my Jerry Springer uh, trivia, but I learned a lot about him and people with similar tributes. Right. Is there anybody today that, uh, this may be uh, uh, a dangerous question for you, is there anybody today uh, across the media world that you think is really doing a good job? Anybody that you like, you really admire? If somebody asks you, who should we, who should we watch? What show should we watch? And put our faith in and trust in, uh, other than the Bill Press Pod, of course, Eric. You know, yes, of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, someone on a chat I did a post chat today asked why more people don't watch the News Hour, mm-hmm. and my response was that well, you have to engage with the program, you have to listen, and you have to reach your own conclusions, which are exertions that cable news and television news really doesn't much require you to do ever at all. Mm. Uh, so I do think that it is uh, a good program. I don't watch it as much as I do cable news, but that um, it's sort of a, a breath of fresh air uh, every time I do. Let me see what else in terms of other sort of media, so on and so forth. 
You mentioned but, fresh fresh air. You use the term Terry Gross. Come to your mind? Oh, well, I like I like Terry Gross. I mean, I like Terry Gross. I, I sometimes her promos sort of bother me a little bit because she's mm-hmm. always talking about how she asks a tough question. I don't see her as like that sort of interviewer. I I see her as just a person who uh, knows a lot and asks really smart questions. But I don't see her as an accountability interviewer. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. NPR. Uh, yeah. I li- <laughs> not not enthusiastic. <laughs> not not terribly enthusiastic, but it's. I, I think that their reporters are really really strong. Like, and they've invested, I think, a good amount in Ukraine coverage, and they are um, they are a really solid news organization. I, I like the fact that they have internal controls and accountability. They're good at running corrections and retractions. Uh, better than most news organizations, I do believe. Do you watch the evening news? You know, that's a really good question. Not that often, but I do try to uh, track down the transcripts and and, and watch them uh, on on the web and so on and so forth. Uh, I'm still astonished that 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 form even exists. You know, 22 minutes of uh, yeah, highly scripted. I... You know, and it's 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 all like aggregational. They have this slot that they have to cover. Yep, and you know, they have to really highly produce all these packages. Occasionally, every once in a blue moon, like they, 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 they'll interview me about something. And I find out exactly who in the world is watching these, <laughs> these shows. And they're usually my, you know, friends of my own age. I'm 58. So I think that, you know, it's obviously, I think, getting to an older audience. What, what What's your thought about the nightly news? I must admit, uh, I watch it every evening. <laughs> And um, I like, I think Lester Holt is the best of the three. I just watch it because when I'm doing my show, right, I want to know that I'm up to date with kind of what other people are talking about. And so That's I just really find important. it, find it a Smart. good barometer, particularly what they're, what the three evening news producers decide is the top story of the day. Um, so that's a little barometer for me. That's that's why I watch it. Plus, I think I just got in the habit of watching it and can't and can't get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh God, Eric, it's so good to catch up with you on a, on a, on a whole lot of questions as media related. Um, admire your your work very very much, and uh, very grateful for you taking the time to chat with us on the Bill Press Pod. Thanks, Eric. Thanks so much. Have a good, have a wonderful week. And that's it for today's podcast with Eric Wemple. Catch him in the Washington Post. Uh, I don't think anybody writes a better uh, ongoing critique of the media than Eric Wemple. Good to have him with us. Good to have all of you with us as well. Thank you so much for joining us. And we invite you back, of course, for Friday. You always look forward to, as do I, our Reporters Roundtable, catching up on the big news of the week from Washington, D.C. Have a great week. We'll look for you again Friday on the Reporters Roundtable, the next edition of the Bill Press Pod.